So, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, Pokemon trading card games from your podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. GW, how's it going today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. We're making some good progress on the attic renovations. So, that is nearing the end game, as it were. I'd say we're <laughs> kind of in Civil War territory at this point um you know maybe about halfway through a little more than halfway through we're doing some painting now and it's really coming together they put up all the lights they put up all the drywall and it's starting to look like a real usable room heck yeah that's awesome we got a spot for your bed in the corner riley <laughs> yeah my, my bed why in the corner <laughs> in the corner of the attic well, there's a so the attic it's it's kind of hot dog shaped in the sense that it's not like a square room, so it's sure. it's a rectangle. And then bisecting an edge of the rectangle, bisecting a hot dog edge, a, a short edge, <laughs> sure. is the chimney. Okay. So then what you have is like it kind of makes two separate little alcoves, mm -hmm. as it were. And so one of those alcoves is big enough because it extends a little bit further. One of those is big enough for a for a little bed. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. A little tuck You'll away. See You'll see it. Yeah. When you keep me prisoner there to make content. <laughs> that would be kind of sick, though. It would. It would. I do have a life and a job. <laughs> Just here, take though. your sabbatical and come be my prisoner. Oh, I think I'm going to use my sabbatical Instead of to go Australia. elsewhere. <laughs> Don't go to Australia, man. Well, I'm probably going to New Zealand on my sabbatical, not Australia. Oh, it's clear. the same thing, right? No, 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 no. Pretty very much different. the same thing. Very, very One different. is like, okay, yeah, you're right. One is like Lord of the Rings, and the other yep. is Kangaroos. Kangaroo Jack. Yep. Yeah, Kangaroo Jack, true, true. <laughs> so what's new with you, man? Uh, it's been good. I've, I've just had a lot of long days in a row, um, but things are going pretty well overall. Um, just got back from San Diego on Friday and been getting back in the groove, but headed to San Antonio this weekend and then heading to North Carolina next week to see my family. So it's just a lot of moving around, you know, and trying just to do a little R&R &R <laughs> with the time I have in my own space. Yeah, man, and you're looking fly. You're looking like uh, Andrew Garfield. And or wait, Andrew I think Garfield. it was Andrew Garfield. He took a no. It was um, who's John Ralphio? Who played John Ralphio on Parks and Rec? I don't know the actor's name. He voices Sonic though. <laughs> yeah, he's the Sonic voice. Anyway, I think he he did a like Ben a cover Schwartz. Shoot. Ben Schwartz. He did a cover shoot of a of uh more iconic actors photos from like the 70s or something with oh, a white sweater with an iconic white sweater that you're looking that you're rocking right now when i wear the sweater it makes me think of uh of chris evans character in knives out because yeah ah, true he had a kind of a thick knit white sweater yeah he did have a thick knit white sweater i love knives out knives out was great yeah it was a really fun movie and gla glass onion that's also really good yeah i hope they just make infinite of those movies <laughs> just like one every christmas yeah that'd be awesome that'd be so sick <laughs> so yeah that's what i think of when i wear this sweater is is that character yeah for sure it's a good thing to think about other things that we've been thinking about though we had a tournament this last weekend and we have a tournament coming up now you and andrew are both going to uh, the land of the Yeehaw, the land of the 10-gallon hats, the land of Whataburger, and Bucky's, Texas. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, you are going, you know. <laughs> it's so you're, true, dude. It's you're so going true. to Texas, San Antonio. <laughs> I am. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, Andrew is not on the cast today because he is leaving at 4 a.m. 
Yeah, just a tomorrow. few short hours for now. When we're I know, recording. seriously. Yeah, it's really, I mean, we're recording about 10 o'clock. So yeah, literally six hours. And knowing him, he has not, he's procrastinated on packing. Also been, of course, probably very busy. But uh, yeah, he's probably going to be packing until like two and then be scrambling to get to the airport. And yeah, it's going to, he could have just prepared like one day in advance and avoided this whole debacle. But instead, he finds himself in, in this. I feel like you have feelings about the whole <laughs> situation. No, I just think, well, I mean, I think like it, you guys never get punished for it, but especially Andrew, he doesn't think ahead. I don't, I don't pack until like the day before I leave for places usually. Yeah, sure. But you generally don't like if you had an obligation the night before you left, not that this is a, like a high priority, but if you did, <laughs> You would probably plan around it, right? Probably. I mean, I'd probably just do yeah, both. Probably. Like, I'd pack. Yeah. That night. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying, right? But <laughs> it's fine. But he's busy. Let's. It's okay to. He take is also very. Break. Yeah, he is also very, very busy. So, uh, but you guys got San Antonio coming up, and there's a lot to discuss there yeah. because we had the Stuttgart Regionals that finished up over in Germany this past weekend. Uh, that's a, I mean, gives us a really good primer for what to expect. Yeah, although over in Stuttgart they couldn't crack a thousand players, so really can even count it as a as a regional at that point. I don't know. I'm not saying one know. way or another. I'm just like it begs the question. It does. It does. There, there's a healthy debate that could be had. <laughs> I mean, I think if Maradon would have won in the finals, then sh certainly. It, it would have legitimized legitimate. the event probably Regional, a little more. But since it did end up losing in the finals, I don't know about that. I, Simon did make a huge misplay in game one, though, that like cost him he the did. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty It was pretty epic. Um, why don't you walk us through that, Riley? Uh, I don't remember the exacting details, but basically um, – Simon had attacked with iron hands twice in a row without being like punished for it. And so he had taken four prizes and Christian actually did have the response with the Charizard onto the iron hands, but um, didn't have the lost vacuum to remove the bravery charm. So he had to hit it twice to knock it out, uh, which is like exactly what you want as Maridon. You just basically win if you trade from there. Uh, and Simon tried to go for the win the very next turn by tandem uniting for the second iron hands which is fine but because he never attached to it he attached to the flappy um it got stuck in the active the following turn and it got stuck for enough turns that um christian was able to ping with save lie a couple times and then clean up with charizard at the very end of the game so and that all could have been avoided like you didn't need to even win with iron hands you could have just traded evenly and like not opened that route up in the first place. Right, because there comes a point with Maridon, there's that tipping point, right, that we're always trying to get to as Maridon players where it doesn't matter how you take your last few prizes because even if your opponent can take two prizes, two prizes, two prizes, there just is a point where that doesn't matter, right? So in this case, when you get down to two prizes remaining, then who cares what your opponent does? Because you, as long as you can stream two more attacks, you will most likely win. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was just a very awkward kind of finals match there for for Simon. And I, I, I'm sure he, um, you know, kind of knew immediately as it was happening, right? You, you see your life flash before your eyes when they counter catcher and then attach the Sableye. And then it's like, oh, shoot, I really did it. And really to be fair, like he... He just needed to hit a generator, and he had the generator in hand already. Um, so the only, you know, you ca if you're going for it, like, you have to basically commit to it, right? Like, you can't undo right. benching the Iron Hands if you're going for it. You just right. probably just didn't even need to go for it in the first place. Uh, you can totally understand in the moment, though, why he, like, tunnel visioned on that play. He had everything in hand to do it, and he just whipped the generator. But at the same time when you're playing a deck like Maradon, you have to 
played your outs. So you had to factor in like, okay, I could whiff this generator. What is my win? What is my lose condition from here? And your lose condition is having a fat iron hands on your board that can get trapped with a counter catcher, uh, which is exactly what happens. So, um, I think the moral of that story is you don't have to just because you can win on a turn doesn't mean it's best to win on that turn necessarily. Yes. Right. If it means that you could lose as a result. Yeah, that's a good point, right? You always should be weighing your options for and against. But that's, I mean, you know, let's talk about just generally like the top 16 or top eight decks as a whole. Um, Urshfu had a pretty decent showing, a couple of top uh, 16 placements. Obviously had Murata making it to the finals. Arguably uh, could have, you know, put themselves in a fantastic spot to win and just kind of got away from uh from simon ultimately losing to christian fontana fontano's um charizard lost box deck radiant charizard um so very fun to see that deck i mean it feels a little full circle like <laughs> i know that the radiant charizard deck has has been around in this format for sure but um i mean i'm thinking back to kind of that first set that radiant charizard was around where people were pairing it with Lost Zone. I mean, that was like, what, a year ago or something. I mean, this deck has been around quite a while. And it's just fun to see it see it win again here. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of Charizard in this format. I, I just like its simplicity. And Charizard is a really good response to an Iron Hands with a Raihan and a DTE, uh, which is like a cool you know, turn two play that you can make without having to necessarily invest super heavily. Um, so I like that a lot personally, and it doesn't necessarily surprise me to see Charizard succeeding. Intellion Urshifu, I think, is an interesting come-up story because, you know, in LAIC, we saw the Entei Iron Valiant be the premier sort of spread deck, but over time, it feels like that deck has just really fallen off the radar completely, and Intellion Urshifu has establish itself as still the superior spread archetype um i think that's the correct conclusion <laughs> all said mm -hmm. and done but uh it's interesting you know that we had that sort of shift over time and i i'm hot on intelligence for right now i'm not gonna lie i think it's really good it has fantastic matchups against the most popular decks in the metagame and it's biggest enemy mew just it feels like mew just it can, isn't showing up as consistently as it used to it's still there but not in the same capacity that you would see it in previous formats yeah if there was a tournament in this format for mew to have taken down though i think it was stuttgart yeah that top eight for mew seemed very good getting a very, very favorable matchup yeah. getting a very favorable matchup in maridon in that first round which uh, Ethan Wilde, who got fifth, ended up losing two. Um, so it, it did feel like Mew was, you know, heading for at least a finals appearance, if not a win, but just couldn't get over uh, the Maridon that they played in that in that first round of top eight. So looking here, kind of going down some. Honestly, uh, though, some like the entire top eight, it feels yeah. like the top eight should have probably won their game, you know? Like you see yeah. the two Italian Urshifus in the top eight and it has like and favorable matchups against everything right. in top right. four like what happened in the top eight rounds that yeah all these decks lost you know yeah there was like a shift in the gravitational force <laughs> and all the decks got reordered and so, something happened right? something like, funky something... just yeah something funky occurred because I, I do agree with you right it's like urshifu and Talion did have a pretty oh i mean christian beat in urshifu and Talion, right uh the lost box deck that's that should be one of your reasons for playing urshifu right yeah and so. i feel like the charizard version if anything should have worse urshifu matchups because you don't have anything that can take a hit really right um you know at least the like historical like dragonite or the new roaring moon type of versions have fat guys <laughs> yep the Charizard is the closest thing to a fat guy, but if it gets Gale thrusted, you can yoga loop it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, one thing that I did also want to point out is the the close, the but not quite of the Roaring Moon. Roaring Moon finally sniffing 
a top eight, sniffing a top eight, getting ninth by uh, Luigi Vizzoni. And I think that's kind of cool because in my mind, Roaring Moon, and I mean, we've said it on the cast before, but just the completely fake deck, the very, <laughs> very tragically bad, like tier three deck, like not even, we're not even talking like, oh, you know, maybe could win a tournament. Like I, I do not think that this deck is good at like by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. Which also is really funny too, because I did lose to it um, with my Maridon deck at a tournament this last weekend at a League Cup. Okay, okay. So, but you know, you have I, no platform. I, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I have been deplatformed. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a seven-person League Cup, uh, best of one rounds, and I missed my generator to, to win. So, Oof. you know. It happens live by the jennies die by the jennies but yeah roaring moon um ninth place there and which is i find that fascinating because again not the greatest Shouldn't of decks possible yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah really i mean i gotta what was he on and then a couple charizard decks i mean i think that you know in terms of charizard ex like i think charizard is um one of the better decks out there and and in my eyes We've talked about the triumvirate of Gardevoir, Charizard, and Maridon as being kind of a big three, but I, I really think you could take off Gardevoir there and you know just boil the format down in a lot of ways to Charizard and Maridon. Like those are my two top picks. Um, certainly heading into San Antonio, and so I'm curious your thoughts. Charizard having a couple top sixteen placements here in Europe. Yeah, Charizard feels like the safe deck in the format right now is i guess how i would describe it it's pretty straightforward and it's set up and execution it puts a lot of decks into a checkmate scenario if they don't deal with it quickly enough and it's just a reliable choice right now i don't think you can completely write off gardevoir <laughs> but uh, yeah of the stage two sort of ex decks Charizard feels like the more reliable of the two, and it's much less vulnerable, importantly, much less vulnerable to Iron Hands, whereas Gardevoir really struggles to deal with the quick Iron Hands, particularly from Maridon. Charizard can immediately respond with a KO, um, maybe like with a vacuum as well if you have a Bravery Charm, but Charizard can do the 240 on turn two to deal with an Iron Hands that Gardevoir unfortunately cannot reliably do. Um, not impossible, but like you're really, you're really uh, running hot if you're hitting that with your Gardevoir deck, and and Charizard doesn't have to do a lot. So, I think that's what it really boils down to. Um, Charizard's also also like a little more resilient against things like Urshifu or spread strategies because you're just mm -hmm. more reliant on one gigantic guy as opposed to several small fellas. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah, I, I think Charizard's really good. I. I just looking at the online stats, it's the most popular deck in this metagame, and I kind of see that being a relatively consistent through line for the remainder of the format. It's strong, it's reliable, it rewards like clean play. I that's about covers it, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so um, you know, anything else you? want to hit on from stuttgart i mean it seemed like there didn't seem to be a lot of new innovation uh from this format i mean you could arguably we could talk a little bit about towards new lost box creation which is similar to what he's played in his most recent tournaments but instead of a palkia line jamming in a giratina line which also affects the basic energy that he plays because you gotta factor in trying to play grass and psychic and it just gets kind of funky there um but you know any, anything else you want to bring up about these results um i think that covers a lot of the bases um i think towards new brew is i one thing i like about his newer version of the deck is the jet energies makes the deck a little more reliable in those early stages but and the boss's orders is a nice addition um, that he didn't have with the Palkia version. So, yeah, towards towards deck is cool. I think otherwise the the meta is largely centralizing. What what I think is actually really interesting is a sort of slightly updated version of his previous 
deck, the sort of Roaring Moon, Iron Hands, without the Giratina, but like playing some more basics, it made top eight at Stuttgart. So I think if anything, the takeaway is that this sort of archetype of Lost Box, playing the couple of of basics and Iron Hands and Roaring Moon and some other friends, whatever those friends are, is a real strategy. And it's like the more modern version of the Dragonite Raikou, right? Um, which makes sense. The Roaring Moon is a little more stopping power. It can deal with pretty much any threat with its first attack. And its second attack is fairly solid. Calamity Storm can do 220. Um, and then Iron Hands just gives you that flexibility to really bully out evolving decks if you're or other Lost Box decks if they can't respond to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the strategy a lot. I'm not sure if I would necessarily play it at a tournament, but I think it's a strategy that's like here to stay in the Lost Box zeitgeist. Love that. Love that. <laughs> One thing that we want to uh, stay in your zeitgeist is products from our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the premier company for all of your men's grooming needs and we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about some of their fantastic products just use the ear and nose hair trimmer today uh after my shower you know riley you'll i I know you guys talk about my ear hair on the regular but yeah it gets a little out of control so had to had to snip that back today and uh bring it back into control for the holidays so if you got some of those extra hairs around uh you're down there's and your ears nose uh on your face or your beard etc etc make sure you take care of them with the grooming products from manscaped absolutely you already know i'm gonna be wearing my manscaped boxers in day one of san antonio but i also got to call out their beard hedger is so so good as someone who does a lot of traveling it's super portable charge lasts a long time and it has a adjustable head which makes it really easy to get the length that i'm looking for my family hates it when i'm not at like either a clean or appropriately trimmed shape (laughs) so i can't wait to be using it as i head home next week to visit my family Um, so if you are interested in checking out manscaped products then the great news is we have a discount code at tag team so if you go on over to manscape.com and use code tag team at checkout you'll get not only 20 percent off but free shipping which not only supports yourself by getting the best in man's grooming products but supports the podcast and everything that we do here so again head on over to manscape.com use code tag team at checkout and support the cast great so let's take what we kind of have seen from Stuttgart, what you have seen from your own testing, because I mean, for, for me, it's been this format, you know, I've played a little bit online. I've played a little bit. Um, like I said, I had a cup last weekend, which was three rounds, <laughs> best of <laughs> one. So I, you know, but there's not much stock, uh, to be put in the results there, but, um, you know, it's been an easy choice for me to just stick with Maridon. It's been kind of the ride or die. I've actually been coaching a lot of players, recently about the deck you know they're looking to pick it up or or have already picked it up and want some tips and tricks so you know it's it's just kind of been the thing that i've been on most recently um the most heavily so i'll pose the question to you riley the person that has stock in their performance this weekend in san antonio where's your head at honestly where i don't is still towards the top if not the top of my list for a couple reasons it's by far the deck I've played the most in general, like not only in Paradox Rift, but the entirety of the post-rotation metagame. And there's a lot to be said for just having a um, a through line with your deck, if you will. Like having that consistency and knowing the plays and knowing the outs. I've played a lot of it in Paradox Rift, a lot of it before it. And it feels like Paradox Rift, Maridon's the best it's ever been. <laughs> you know, we, with the addition of Iron Hands, it's improved a lot of the matchups that were shaky from Maridon. So Maridon is definitely at the top of my list. Um, that said, I, I want to make sure I'm exploring other options. So some other things I've been trying, I do really enjoy Lost Fox Charizard. It, it's just simple and straightforward, which I think is something I value in a deck. You know, that's something that Maridon and Charizard 
have in common <laughs> is their simple and straightforward and their game plan and execution. Um, so that would probably be my number two. And my number three, I would say if I want to take a maybe a riskier play and be mm -hmm. willing to have a shaky matchup against Charizard, that Mew would be my next choice. Uh, I, what I like about Mew is Mew is really good against Maridon, and it's yes. really good against Inteleon Urshifu, um, which is kind of like the counter deck to the things that have been doing well recently. So, And I expect Maridon to probably be the most popular deck, if not like top two or three in day one. Um, granted, Charizard will also be up there, but I think you can squeak out your wins against Charizard here and there, and I doubt you'll play more than two on day one. You know, I could eat my words on that for sure, but um, so Mew is up there for me as well. It's, and again, Mew kind of shares the quality of it. it's a deck I've played a lot, I feel comfortable with, um, and it's just very strong and reliable when you're not facing those bad matchups. Well, and even so, I mean, players have done things with their Mew deck to try to counter Charizard. Right? Totally. We've yeah. seen Luxray. We've seen Grabber, and those are pretty common inclusions in at least the double turbo version of the deck. Yeah, and I, so, I like the double turbo. I always have. Yeah. So. I mean, it'd be fun to give it one last ride. This is the last tournament of the quote-unquote Mew year, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, when you put it that way, it makes it sound a little more appealing. <laughs> I, I would still I mean, say Mew is my number three on the list, but uh, I don't want to write it off and... Like, it's not distantly number three either, right? Like, it's something I, yeah, I would all play. of these, right. And all of these decks for, for you, you know, you, you bring up uh, Maridon, obviously, as being something that you probably have the most games with this season, uh, you know, this this current season. Um, and then Mew is uh, another deck that you're very comfortable with. So you're, you're saying that more than likely it's going to be a deck that you have experience with. Yeah, I mean, even then, like, the, the, the Charizard deck is the one that I really ran the most when the set came out. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that was all I was playing online. <laughs> um, and historically, even just in our group, like, I've been the one that's been most interested in the Lost Zone decks. Um, so, yeah, those are all, effectively, these are all, like, comfort picks for me, right? Like, decks that I feel comf comfortable and confident with. Um and that's kind of driving my decision more than trying to like scope out the perfect meta call. Mm -hmm. And I think the meta is just too, it's like a wide ish meta. It's centralized around a couple of things, but there's a lot of different strategies flying around and all the decks can kind of hang with each other. Uh, it's not like super RPS-y in my opinion. So um, I'd rather just go in feeling comfortable that I'll make the right choices turn by turn than trying to scope out the exact perfect meta gameplay. Sure, sure. Do you feel confident heading into San Antonio? I would say middle of the road, to be honest. And the reason I say that is just mostly like I haven't had as much time in the last week or so to practice, given that I was on site uh, for work. So I haven't like really been grinding a lot of games. But I get in relatively early on Friday, and I'm planning just to, to grind them out while I'm there. Um, probably lock in my deck sooner than later on friday and then just play the heck out of it you know with uh with andrew and zeely and everyone who's out there and that i, I think i'll boost my confidence a lot one can only hope and if it doesn't then it's pokemon go community day so i can <laughs> <laughs> what what's on the on the docket for community day the december community day is like a roundup for the year so it has okay. like all the all the fellas from the year Okay, which one are you most looking forward to? Froki. Froki. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. so I know that Greninja, the shiny Greninja, is uh, like a like a dark tone, like a black. Mm -hmm. Is Froki black? As a shiny. I, th I actually don't know. I think it is. Or no, it's like a light blue. Interesting. So it just. There's no like I shinies always confuse me because why wouldn't it just maintain the same shade? Like why do you? Yeah, I mean, Froki isn't really the same shade, shade as Greninja anyway. Hmm. Interesting. But <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for, for Froki just because I want to get a Greninja with Hydro Cannon, the move. 
That'd be pretty sick. It would be sick. Um, yeah, worst case scenario, I'll walk around while it's warm outside because <laughs> I won't be in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and play Pokemon Go. So I can't I really can't lose this weekend if you think about it. Worst case, I get to enjoy the warmth. Best case, I get my world's you get invite. Get ten thousand dollars and your world's invite. Yeah. So well, it's a win win situation for me. I, I wish nothing but uh the absolute best. What would you play if like you would you just play Maridon? I mean it, it has to be Maridon. I, I think yeah. you know I think there could be a case like if the group was like really like we got to play Mew to counter the uh, to counter the the metagame. I think if the group was like, I really like Charizard right now, if everybody was like, oh, yeah, we're really on Charizard. But even then, you know, Charizard would be something that I think I would have to come to like my conclusion. And it's it would be my backup as well. Like, I think our top three is very, very similar. Um, the same, in fact. And yeah. so, I mean, Maridon's just, it's such a comfort pick. I know that if I step into the room with Maridon, I'm going to play it, you know, as optimally as, as, as possible. Um, yeah. And so, I, I just don't think, there's so many lines of play, especially in the path version, that you can overcome some pretty bad matchups by routing correctly and, you know, getting a little lucky and outplaying your opponent. Um, so I, I really like that version of the deck right now. I know a lot of players have been um, experimenting with the double Iron Hands, double double turbo version. That's good. That It's very interesting, um, that version. But I think when I ultimately am thinking about whether or not I play the Path version or I play the, you know, kind of... El- leic senior winning list that had the double iron hands version um i tend to gravitate more towards path because your matchups are a little more even but you know you're you're boosting some of those bad matchups where with the other version you like otherwise have no chance like um, what about the peony 18 energy (laughs) yeah that is a meme for sure I don't know how that did as well as it did in the first turn. You were the because... one who were the hottest, who was the hottest on it a couple of weeks ago. I know. And I tried it out and it's just, and it's a meme and I've coached some players who have like, yeah, let's play this. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then they go and they do their first peony for like double generator and they both miss. And then they have no and attacker for the turn and no like hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, it's a bad one. It's a bad look. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan. I mean, Peony can't be the core of your deck. I think it could be an auxiliary supporter. So if you want to play it like in place of Arvin, sure, go ahead. That's fine. But it can't be a four of in your deck, and that's just never going to work. And you're never going to have a late game, which is, I think, the biggest issue. Um, because if you miss, like, the turn one attack, or if you miss a squawkabilly on that first turn, now you have just so many dead cards, or you miss the battle VIP pass. Like, you just have all these pointless cards for the rest of the game that you really get punished with judges or Ionos um, or Roxanne's. And that is, you know, one of those things about the deck that, you know, players don't really take into account. It's like, well, (laughs) sure. If everything goes well, you have a very powerful deck, very powerful. But if things don't go so well, where do you go from there? And um, it, it gets really ugly really quick for that deck. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think something like pretty close to what got second at Stuttgart is kind of what I'm realistically that's probably what I'm gonna play in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Um one deck that I've been seeing a lot of online um and a lot of my locals actually is like a lost box deck with uh with Roaring Moon, not necessarily as I would say out there as a deck like Tords, but um, playing it's the Roaring like Moon Charizard. Yeah, not no Charizard, but Roaring Moon like with Greninja. I oh, mean, okay. just mostly like kind of more focused around Roaring Moon than any of the other auxiliary attackers. Um, and so I, I do feel like that's another deck that you know players should be respecting and and expecting heading into San Antonio. That has been something that I've played a lot on the ladder, and. I've seen a lot in online play um, and I've played a lot at locals too. So, you know, do you have any like 
considerations in terms of lost box decks that uh, you know you have your lost box player out there who's listening to the cast anything they should be considering and what what is the best like is there a consideration for best lost box deck right now they all function so differently it's almost it's almost like they're completely different decks in some ways um i kind my personal feelings is almost like if you're playing the mirage gate roaring moon you might as well get a little crazy with it and play the other stuff too to be honest um maybe that's just the wrong idea for going about it but that's how i personally would approach the deck Hmm. nice like why deprive yourself of the options you know like you're already playing a silly lost zone mirage gate deck sure that makes total sense i don't know i i just have never gravitated towards the lost box decks um and i don't think i would start now if i were going to san antonio but um, would you play cloth instead dude well andrew was really on cloth he was really on cloth last week and you know i'm i'm a bit skeptical we did see some notable players bring cloth to stuttgart notably senior world's winning player jesper erickson with his cloth deck finished five three one it was featured quite a <laughs> bit on the official streams the stream loves so cloth funny. which is very fair <laughs> but the highest finish in cloth was 45th place yeah and then the next one down was 59th like <laughs> this is this is more illegitimate than Rogue moon if i did dare it, say did it outpace chen pao uh, i mean probably but that's not a accomplishment my how the mighty have fallen <laughs> i don't even see any chen pao in this day too so <laughs> um yeah so i guess it did yeah chen pao is perhaps the most illegitimate of all the decks which is crazy to think about but <laughs> the zulin friends playing the most illegitimate deck in the format in laic true, it's crazy true, true. <laughs> yeah i don't see any chen pao so i guess cloth did significantly outpace chen pao but that's about all it can hang its hat on mm-hmm. you know I would much sooner play the Palkia deck than the Cloth Yeah, Palkia deck, deck's kind of fun. I, I think there's a lot to like about it. I mean, you're taking a horrific loss, uh, Murata matchup, but other than that, um, solid, you know, across the board. I honestly don't think the Murata matchup's, like, that bad, you know? Dude, it's like, horrible. There's no way. There's no way you can win. I mean, What are you talking or... about? Like, if, if you don't get knocked out for two prizes turn one, then you just trade no 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 you do yeah but you're never going to get the first attack right you're like i mean i guess there is a world where you could get the first attack but if you don't need the first first attack you just need to not give up two prizes okay which is different that's a fair argument okay okay you're you're not wrong it's just it's tough though i feel like that for sure i I just i feel like her it's not as horrendous as you're portraying that's all i mean it's certainly not favorable sure we're in agreement there it's probably yeah, i, I wouldn't say it's matchups. favorable <laughs> definitely not but it's probably one of your worst matchups i would also go so far to say that yeah um, it's it's definitely it is definitely unfavorable but it's not like you can't win either i would i would have want to play the deck you know because your unfavorable matchups probably the most popular one or it's the second most popular one at worst. Mm-hmm. But like, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I'm but saying I'm... is I would play that before I would play Cloth. Yeah, I mean that, you know, honestly, it's like hard to go wrong with just a, a big dude's deck. Like that's what the, yeah. that's what the Palkia deck feels to me. It's just like, all right, you got some big guys and, uh, you know, you get your manual attachments every turn and maybe you find a Melanie here or there and got your V-Star off the Palkia and, like, you're just going to town and you just got big dudes, similar to Maridon, big dude deck. Um, so is Gardevoir just, like, 
you mentioned earlier you think Gardevoir's dead. Yeah, dude. I don't I don't think Gardevoir's that good right now. It was which all maybe... over day two of Stuttgart. It didn't make top eight, but I, I recognize that it maybe was um you know in the running there in top eight or uh in the running in day two, I should say. But to me, Gardevoir feels a step behind a lot of other decks. I think you're looking at a very unfavorable Marida matchup. Um you know, and, and that's the one that kind of has me the most uh, worried. And then you have like things like Urshfu that are out there, uh, potentially things like Iron Valiant. And then the Lost Box decks coming back. I don't feel like that's great. Uh, historically, <laughs> hasn't been the greatest matchups for Gardevoir. So, yeah, I really question how well Gardevoir will do in San Antonio. That might just put it in the perfect position for the tournament like if everyone disrespects gardevoir then i, I maybe don't it know does that really that well, really matters but... like right yeah because <laughs> i feel like these a little bit decks are going to stay popular sure sure yeah so i don't really like gardevoir uh all that much yeah. right now it, it was certainly at the start of the format i was really high on it and i think that was probably the best time to play it but i feel like as the format's gone on especially with the rise of some of these lost box decks i i just don't love its position right now i can't ever fault somebody for playing gardevoir just because of how strong it is but it doesn't feel to me like a tournament winning deck at the moment is block lax worth sleeving up i think block lax is great yeah, yeah. give me a matchup that block lax doesn't want to see right now at the at the top i mean maridon's is probably its hardest matchup at the top right right and that's i would say favorable favorable i guess it depends yeah the snorlax what's that oh yeah it looks like it is favorable yeah i mean after playing that matchup like it's it's certainly favorable in my eyes for the uh snorlax player so yeah. I, I struggle to think of a matchup um if not explicitly teched for it's i mean snorlax. it's the giratina right like it it just can't sure. beat giratina sure sure well how much do we respect giratina for san antonio i don't really respect giratina at all but <laughs> it's not something you're gonna play probably not you don't think you could be convinced maybe but i don't really like the deck <laughs> i never have but have you played the deck with three comfy <laughs> that's what that's what'll fix it is cutting a comfy yeah i guess i haven't but are well, you hearing about the new two comfy technology? Wait, is that a thing? No, but Pokey Duels, the the guy, uh, Pokey Duels TikTok, was tweeting for, at towards the start of the format like a one comfy list, which I thought was the craziest of all. Like, why play it at all? <laughs> why play a lost box deck at all with only one comfy? <laughs> why play the comfy at all? I think you could get away one. with. I think three makes sense, but I feel like you'd have to like supplement with a fourth Giratina V. Sure. Um, but that's not really here nor there like i have seen um certainly in the online space like giratina is like very well represented and it has solid performances but um it rarely feels like this is a deck that's winning at least online it certainly hasn't won any majors that i am aware of uh in this season so far so um you know where is giratina Will it yeah. be like a top five most played deck? Yes or no? Do you think it has much presence? Do you think it is a threat that players should be worried about? I, I guess I just don't know what the narrative is with Giratina, right? Like, it's in theory, its mashups are all there, but in practice, it's never winning these tournaments online, despite it being everywhere. It's never winning tournaments in real life. Like what is I guess what is going on legitimately what is going on if the mashups are there and it's just not performing right yeah. like is it just yeah. consistency is it it's just at the critical moments the deck isn't working uh, I don't really know I think that's I think it's probably just the consistency factor is what it comes down to is even though it has on paper these great matchups they're close enough where if you draw a little bit off then you lose mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. not i don't know in a deck as fragile as like a comfy engine i would prefer to have more domineering matchups in, in game states uh which i feel like the 
single prize strategies are are better at doing you know right right yeah i think that's fair to say to make up um, for the fact that you like have these bricky games sure totally totally yeah and not not something that's really on my radar at all i i do feel like i'm not I... declaring abyss seeking I, I, actually i've decided <sighs> i am not declaring abyss seeking it's not an abyss seeking year 2023 was not an <laughs> abyss seeking year for sure no um, but it does, yeah, I mean, in my eyes, Maradon is the premier path deck, and that's kind of funny because there are two, like, just solid variants of the deck, and one doesn't play path at all. So um, just very interesting how that's kind of all shaken out. Um, are there any final kind of, like, ooh, I should be a little bit worried about this? Like, give me maybe your top five like most played decks if you if you have those in order and then potentially like what you would expect like a top eight to look like for san antonio i think in terms of play it's going to be ride on then charizard then gardevoir then lost box then um maybe mew floating at number five and like mm -hmm. Inteleon Urshifu lagging a little bit behind that would be my guess. Um, or maybe like Giratina after that. Something something in that space. But I think I feel very confident in Maridon Charizard being one and two. Yeah, I think I would flip those a little bit. I'd, I'd probably say Zard at number one and then the Don at a close second. Lost Box feels like a deck on the rise, so I could see that just really increasing in play. I feel like a lot of players are really gravitating, like I said, towards that um, variant that features Roaring Moon, uh, be that with the Radiant Charizard or, or with the Radiant Greninja. And then you also have Guardi up there, obviously, who should be a top five deck, although in kind of that bottom portion of the top five. And then probably for the last one, I mean, probably Mew like Mew also doesn't seem bad given um you know given your insane Murata matchup given it's historically solid lost box matchups although again Roaring Moon probably changes things a bit there and then you can tech for Zard and you know you lost zone or, or uh, uh path enough against Guardi and you can come out with some wins so i think mew is yeah really well positioned right now yeah i don't think it's as well positioned as it was in gdansk uh <laughs> that was definitely mew's tournament to win but what can you do yeah what can you do maybe you can avenge it maybe in the line playing right on Ooh, true yes facts facts <laughs> is there anything that you would consider about Murata? This is going to be my last question. Is there anything you'd consider about the list that uh, you haven't already, you know, that, that hasn't already been seen? Like one thing that I was thinking about was Tapu Koko recently. Uh, Tapu Koko was something that we had been testing out early in the format to get around decks like Gardevoir and Charizard, specifically those evolving decks where you could try to buy a turn in the late game by paralyzing their you know, main attacker or in Gardevoir's case, they're just their two prizer um, for when you couldn't knock it out outright with a Raichu uh, by that extra turn. So is there, you know, any kind of spice that you have that you've been thinking about for either Maridon or Charizard or Mew? Um, not really, to be honest. The, I tried the Tapu Koko as well, but I I felt like every time I played it, they like had a card to get out of it, and it just made me sad. So I'm not really feeling the Tapu Koko beat right now. Um, so no, not really in the ride on space. Like I, I feel like I would just want to streamline my list where I can, which is why I like the, the Stuttgart second place list, is it's very well streamlined, which is... Mm -hmm something i'm looking for going mm -hmm. into into san antonio um you know i think if i were playing mew i would play double turbo with a luxray which is not that spicy at this point in the format but um you know i think it's worth playing sure so so no nothing like too crazy spicy um though i would be so down to play like a the new evolution 
like a secondary evolution on the Tord <laughs> Paradox box type of deck. Yeah, man. that just seems really fun to me. Um, I bet I'd have a blast playing it. <laughs> that would, I mean, you know, it, what's in the what's in the balance? You know, a world's invite or something. Like, how close are you? Uh, not, not close. Well, everything can change in one weekend. It's true. Yeah, I've only played two championship point awarding events. One of them was Pittsburgh. And the second one was a league challenge that I dropped in round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I think next year I'm I might I might take the Andrew route. No matter what happens, is like locals are just. I have a lot of fun, but it's just such a commitment. Like I might just do majors only yeah, next year. Yeah, it's it's, it's just... the commitment thing for me mostly. Yeah. Like we had a cup in town the other weekend, but. I, I had other stuff going on that I like wanted to do and like I didn't want to drag my girlfriend around to watch me play Pokemon in like our well, last weekend together before Thanksgiving. Like, you know, just all these little things add up, you know. Yeah, and I mean sadly, from my perspective and and you might have a different um outlook on this, but many of the cups and challenges that I go to just they take way too long. Like I, I don't I hesitate they do. I don't want to go so far as to say like incompetence on the part of the TO because I, I don't think it's that but it's just like there's a lack of the logistics of it all you know yeah. there's a lack of like impetus to like you know get things <laughs> moving and you know sure. um, clarify and you know make rulings and there's just kind of a, a lack sadaisical um, outlook on uh, on tournaments that has at least for me recently been kind of frustrating when you're like okay this is a five round tournament uh we could you know every round is ending early like nobody's going to time and yet we've been here for five hours now and it's like what are we doing yeah i i feel that i they just take they take a long time and there's not a lot that are happening within like a reasonable distance of me mm -hmm. so i just haven't been going to any and maybe I'll change my tune later in the season, but I haven't really been bothered by that. And I think I'm trying to enjoy the game as a, as a serious competitor. Like I'm trying to enjoy the game and I think I would just start losing my drive if I spent every single weekend at a local. Yeah. Especially yeah. if I was driving a hundred miles to them, which is what I would be doing. Yeah, that's really a difficult spot to be in. But that's probably another discussion for another cast. <laughs> so we will leave it at that. Best of luck to everybody that's attending the San Antonio Regionals. And yeah, Riley, best of luck to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to get out there and play some poke and hang out with my buds. If you're a fan, come say hi. We're always happy to, to meet the tag teamers. Absolutely. So you can find us on the x platform at tag team pokemon you can also find riley at smiles with riles and myself at real john walter it has been a pleasure to bring this cast to you today we hope you have uh, a fantastic rest of your day thank you all so much for listening we'll catch you next time peace see ya